I hope everybody enjoyed the snow this week. Sadly, I, along with Kevin Hughes and John Milko and, and Cody McCraw and 14 other folks from Rockbridge Church, were suffering in the Dominican Republic. It was like 86 degrees and sunny every single day, and I was just longing to be here with you. Um, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. Uh, here's a picture of our, our crew. This was the team that we had down there, and um, you may know some of them. You can see Dio over there on the left-hand side. He should be familiar to a lot of you guys. But we had a great time. If you would like to go to the Dominican Republic with us again next January, mark on your calendar the 14th through the 21st. The 14th through the 21st, and we'll be doing this again. We're doing it every single January. So it's not a bad place to be in January, trust me. Hey, but um, one of the things that w- was neat is it... it it really, this mission trip coincided with our sermon series. So we've been talking about our mission and also our method for accomplishing that mission this month. And so our method, or first of all, our mission is people investing in people for eternity. And we talked about that the first week. And then we've been talking about the method to accomplishing that method or that mission. And that's come, grow, and go. And so we started out talking about come and, and our call to to come to Jesus, to come and, and see Jesus and experience him in a real and, and personal way. And then last week, uh, Sutton and the Belchers, they shared about our call to grow and how we're to grow in this relationship with him. But not just to grow individually, we're to grow collectively, we're to grow together. And this morning, what we're going to talk about is the go portion, that we are called to go. Jesus um, commanded us. He, he gave us this great commission. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And then he gave us this promise, and he said, surely I'm going to be with you always to the very end of the age. And so that was sort of his marching orders. That was some of the last instructions he gave, gave before he left this earth. And fortunately, before he did, he also gave us... Um, the, the, the direction in which we are to go. And he, he said this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Um, I, I love how it begins because he's not, he's not saying go in your own power, go in your own strength. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now, Jerusalem was where they, they were residing at the time. This was pretty much where they, they lived. That was their, their home. And then um, Judea, that was kind of the countryside, the suburbs, if you will, beyond that. Samaria was a, a little more distant. This was a place that they actually didn't, didn't go to. And then the ends of the earth, well, they're the ends of the earth. All right, that's, that's the truth. So for us, our Jerusalem is really the Roanoke Valley. That's our Jerusalem. And then our Judea is, is really over the mountains, places like Rockbridge County, right? And then our Samaria would be the United States, and the ends of the earth are still the same ends of the earth. Places like, you know, the Dominican Republic in January, like the hard places to go. You know, so that's what we're called to do. That's what we do around here. We go. Now, um, we're called to be witnesses, Jesus said, to be witnesses. And, and I started thinking about that this w- week as we were in the Dominican like, what are we supposed to be witnesses of and witnesses to? What are we witnesses of and witnesses to? If we're to go and be witnesses, 
What does that look like? And I started thinking about all the different activities that we were involved in when we were there. Um, for instance, we did a, a lot of stuff. So the whole team um, together, uh, one of the things they did was revitalize this daycare that had been closed for the last two years. Uh, another thing is some of the guys, our, our guys actually, built these super cool benches. I, I mean, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know you guys could do this. But anyhow, they're, they're not only a bench, but they flip up and they create a picnic table. I'm going to show you a picture of one of these in, in a little bit. Then... Um, you know, groups went out and, and brought food to the poorest of the poor. Um, here's one thing that they did. Went door to door and asked people if they could pray for them. That was getting out of people's comfort zone. Uh, we had a cookout for, for men in Alaman and invited the men who don't go to church to come to this cookout. And then we also put on a pastor's conference and gathered some pastors together, and, and uh, we were teaching them about the five gospel minimums that we talk about around here, and also how to develop a vision um, for you and, and for your church. And so we did a lot of activities, and, and it, it struck me that um, despite the variety of things that we were involved in, there was one common denominator, one thing that we did every time, regardless of the, the project or the activity. And it was simply this, that, that our mission there was really to be witnesses to the faith, hope, and love of Jesus Christ. We're to be witnesses to the faith, hope, and love of Jesus Christ. Um, See, what we had to share with them was bigger than our kind of rudimentary skills of, of painting and carpentry. It, it was greater than our ability to really even communicate because, uh, I'll be honest, our, our Spanish was pretty poor. Uh, I mean, we were having some challenges communicating with one another. But what we had to offer them was the faith, the hope, and the love of Jesus Christ that we had experienced, and that's what we did. Now, it, it, it manifested itself in different ways. For instance, there was the revitalizing of the daycare. And here's what was amazing. So some of the folks, they were cleaning this place out. They were painting it and, and really sprucing it up. If you put up that uh, picture again, like this is the outdoor area. Like they planted these plants. They painted walls. It, it really looked beautiful. And in the midst of that, you know what started happening? Mothers were bringing their children to the daycare, and they had their birth certificates in hand, and they were just waiting to sign them up because they wanted their children to experience that faith and that hope and that love that the daycare was going to provide. Another thing, we saw um, delivering these bags of food. So it, it didn't look like a, a lot of food that the teams were, were delivering, but this bag of food was enough to pretty much sustain a family for a month. And for us, it would probably be a few days. And yet that's what was delivered. But what was delivered was, was more than just some food that would nourish their bodies. It, it was really something that would nourish their souls. Because it wasn't like DoorDash. Didn't just drop the food, you know, and run kind of deal. But, but the teams lingered. They hung out with these people. And, and they talked with them. 
They listened to them. They prayed for them. They spent time with them. They invested in their lives. And, and these people experienced the faith and the hope and the love of Jesus Christ in a very real and personal way, a tangible way. I, I love to tell um, groups were, were going out, and, and this, is, this was interesting. I didn't get to do this that day. I was doing the pastor's conference, but they, they broke up into small groups, and they went door to door. And, and one of the stories was like these folks were, were walking down the road, and there were some, some uh, guys over here sitting down, and, and they were rather intimidating looking. So everybody moved to the other side of the road to go down here. And then one of the guys in the group said, no, you know what, I'm going to go approach those guys. And he went over there and he said, hey, would you mind if we prayed for you? You know what they said? Yes, that would be great. Nobody said no to prayer. And, and another team shared about how they went to this woman's house and she was bedridden. She was suffering from cancer. And, and they went in and they said when they entered into the health house, the, the beginning was, was full of trees and plants. It was really lush and full of life. But as they went deeper into the house, back towards the bedroom where the woman was laying, there was a real sense of darkness there. They said they could, all of them were saying, like, you could feel this heaviness. You could feel this spirit of death in that place. And, and they went and, and they began um, to pray for this woman, and they looked at her as she laid in that bed, and she was very ashen and thin, and they just prayed. And then they prayed some more, and, and then they started praying against the spirit of death. They started praying against the spirit of darkness, and they said all of a sudden they started feeling it rise, like it was starting to lift from the, that place. And all these people on this team started just weeping, weeping, and didn't know why they were weeping. And, and by the time they finished praying, this woman got up out of bed, and she started walking around, and she started tending her plants. It was an amazing, it gives me goosebumps. Like, they said it was absolutely amazing what they experienced. And so what they were doing is they were sharing this faith and this hope and this love of Jesus Christ, and she was receiving it. She was receiving it. Um, another thing we did, there, there was, again, I mentioned the men of Alamon. And uh, invited these guys, specifically guys that do not go to church, to come to a, a little cookout. So these folks had prepared this, this huge um, feast for them. And they came to the center that uh, we helped to purchase and, and construct. And they were hanging out there. And I, I, I enjoyed that. We, we were just spending time with them. We were doing our best, again, to communicate with them. But uh, they, they were just eating this food, and here, I think I got a picture of that. That's one of those awesome tables that the guys built. I mean, it's magical what, what that thing will do. Like, it folds down to a bench, but it becomes a table. I mean, there's a market for this, I'm telling you. So anyhow, those guys were there, and then we started interacting. One of the, um, the locals went and got a Domino's table. We have a picture of that. And this was a lot of fun. They love playing dominoes. And so they were playing there. That's us. I don't know why my head got cut off. I was actually having a good hair day that day. But the, um, like they're playing dominoes. And then pretty soon we sat down and we started playing with them. And it was just a lot of fun. There was a lot of bonding going on. And then one couple stood up and they shared their story, their testimony. They shared about the faith and the hope and the love of Jesus that they had experienced. And 
a lot of the people could relate to him. And then I had the opportunity to get up and share as well. There was one guy, his name's Martin, Martin, and I had met him um, when we did this last year. And last year, my message was one to the men that you, you need to step up. Like, as men, we need to rise up. We need to be leaders in our homes. We need to be leaders in our communities. And, and somehow that, that touched Martin's heart, and he came up to me afterwards, and he started sharing how he felt compelled, like he was going to do that. He was going to do that. He hadn't been involved in church and really wasn't following God, but he was going to make a change. And um, I said, all right, Martin, here's the deal. I'm coming back next year, and, and I'm going to meet with you. And, and I want to hear what God has done in your life. Now, Martin has an interesting story. Um, he was a professional baseball player, played in the States for a number of years, uh, played in, in uh, Japan, played all over the world. He did well. He was successful. But sadly, um, after his career had ended, he made some bad investments, and he lost it all. All the money he had made, he lost it all. And he went from being a hero in his village to kind of an outcast, especially in the church. You know, they treated him sort of like they treated Job, if you know that story in the Old Testament. They thought he was cursed. Certainly, he must have done something for God to curse him and take away all of his riches. And so he wasn't welcome in the church anymore. Can you imagine that? How painful of all places the church would cast you out? And uh, right after we had met him, we, we started looking him up on, on the internet. You know, Googled him, wanted to see um, just who he was, and, and this picture popped up. <clears throat> it was a picture of Martin, and it was an autographed picture of him when he was playing baseball in the States. And so I was like, Kevin, buy that. Like, I, I want it. And so we bought it, and I put it in a frame, and this sits in my office so that I, I am reminded to pray for Martine um, just on a regular basis. And so when we got back this year, Martine was there. And so we had dinner uh, with Martine and his wife and his kids on Friday night. Here's a picture of them. We were all hanging out there. Uh, that's me next to Martine there his wife, beautiful children. I don't know what Kevin's doing over there, but that's what you, that's why we do missions. The, the, uh, some are local. But uh, anyhow, like we just spent hours together and, and I was listening to his story and he was sharing how he was really trying to invest and his family, and he was sharing Jesus with his children, and he was saying how they're starting to go to church now, and um, how he's rising up as, as a leader in his community, and it was so encouraging, so encouraging, and so it was a tangible way that we were seeing the faith, the hope, and the love of Jesus lived out in Martin and his family's lives, and then there were the pastors, and so we've been doing this for four years, and when we started, we, we, our, our vision was to bring together some of these pastors from these little villages. Um, they're very isolated. There's not like multiple churches in, in a village typically. And so we brought them all together. And 
Some of them knew of each other, but they didn't really know each other. But what we've seen over the years is this friendship develop. Like now they're friends, and they love getting together, and, and they can party. Like they're a fun bunch. They go out, we send them out to dinner together, and they just have a blast. They're laughing and cutting up all the time. And so we spent a couple days with them. I got a picture of the conference room with them, and that's them all sitting around the table working on one of those five gospel minimums that we talk about around here. And if you look in the back, so see the woman with the red mask back there? That's Anna, and, and to my left, to her right, is Francisco. That's her husband, and they're the pastors in La Cubana. That's the little village. And they shared how by coming together like this, it has transformed their lives. They said, our lives have been transformed, and our church has been transformed, and our village is being transformed. And what they were speaking to is how the faith and the hope and the love of Jesus is changing them and changing others. And it was so encouraging, so encouraging. And so, you know, whether we're going to the Dominican Republic or we're just going to where we live, where we work, maybe where we learn, where we play. We, we should be going with the same faith, the same hope, the same love that we've experienced from Jesus and sharing that faith, that hope, and that love with others. Now, there may be some of you that are, that are here today or, or watching online who think, well, that, that's not me. Like, I... I'm not that person. I, I've never really fully committed to Jesus. And so I don't know that I have anything to offer. And, and I feel like if that's true of you, then, then maybe it's time to just lay down your, your reservations, to just surrender whatever it is that's keeping you from fully following Jesus. Maybe you think, I don't have anything to offer. Well, let me say this. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I guarantee you, if you're here or watching online, that you're a witness to the faith and the hope and the love of Jesus. Just by being here today, you've witnessed faith and hope and love, and you can share that as well. You can share that as well. But I think God wants to do something greater in you. And, and I was struck by this this week as we were over in the Dominican Republic. You know, as I looked at our group, so we, we really bonded well with the, the church people from Rockbridge County. And um, then we're bonding and, and serving with the folks from different churches in the Dominican Republic. And, and I was struck by the fact that while we may live in different places and we may speak different languages, and we may have different skin pigmentation than one another, that we're just part of one family. We're just one family and one church. And, and that the faith, hope, and love that Jesus offers us, it is the same faith, hope, and love that he offers everyone everywhere. It's really no different it may look slightly different because of their context, but it's the same faith, hope, and love. And so um, I believe 
when we do embrace the faith, hope, and love of Jesus Christ, that he opens our eyes, and, and we begin to see the world differently. You see it differently, and all of a sudden, you're amazed at how God is at work and bringing us together. And, and I believe that he gives us a, a new, greater purpose. So I, I mentioned all these different activities, which lots of us can do, but when you see that your purpose is to be a witness to the faith, hope, and love of Jesus Christ, you do these activities with a whole new purpose. One that's going to make a difference for eternity. That's who we're called to be. That's why we're called to go. We go with the faith, hope, and love of Jesus Christ. And we don't have to be um, wealthy. We don't have to be especially intelligent or educated. We just go. We just go. And so this morning, I'm going to pray and and just ask God to encourage us to, to just take whatever step we need, to lay down our inhibitions, to trust in him, and to go. So let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much just for um, this past week and the reminder of these simple truths that, that while we may do lots of different activities, whether they're here um, in the Roanoke Valley or they're in some uh, place like the Dominican Republic or, or wherever we may be, that we have a greater purpose, that we are called to be witnesses, to go and make disciples, to be witnesses of the faith, hope, and love that you have for us. Lord, we do pray that we would embrace that faith, that hope, and that love, and that we would share it with others. Lord, give us the courage to do that. And, and just pray. I just pray for smiles. I, I, I just thank you that, that we may not have spoke the same language, but just through a, a smile and just through people's eyes, you could see that we are one family, that there is one church. We thank you and praise you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.